Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo, the podcast dedicated to yo-yo improvisation, yo-yo performance, and yo-yo theory. Brought to you by Illinx Toys and I am your host, Ross Levine. Today I have an awesome guest. This is Polo. You know him from Instagram as P. Polor. Uh, he is a dental student. He's also one of the greatest yo-yoers on all of Instagram. You've definitely seen his tricks before. Uh, he's sponsored by Duncan. He's just an incredible yo-yoer. And we talk about a lot of different stuff. Uh, I know we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but developing style. Um, we also talk a lot about uh, time management. Because Polo is a dental student, he has to manage his time between yo-yoing and studying and, and how do you actually fit that in. Uh, we also talk about visualizing tricks and how you can use the visualization of tricks. These are also the same tools that Polo uses in his uh, dental school training, uh, but how you can visualize your tricks before doing them so that you can create better tricks. Um, and the last thing is he gives a super secret naughty trick on how to beat your sweaty hands uh, because everybody knows that uh, that sweaty hands are antithetical to good yo-yoing. So he will teach you one trick that's going to help you to uh, get over your sweaty hands. And I think I come up with a different trick as well. You'll you'll hear it in the episode. Anyway, uh, the one thing that I want to uh, pitch you guys on is if you do not know how to do the DNA yo-yo trick, message me on Instagram. That is I-L-I-N-X underscore T-O-Y-S. Uh, and I will teach you how to do the DNA yo-yo trick for free because I'm going to be building out a masterclass uh, and I need to learn how to teach it better before I start doing that masterclass. So hit me up and enjoy the episode with Polo. Later. Hello. Hey, what's up? Oh, man. oh man. I'm so excited to have you on, dude. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, so, so I just want to say, like, the first time I ever found you, or I ever discovered you, which I'm sure a lot of people was the same, was just, like, on, on Instagram, scrolling through and just seeing crazy, 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 crazy videos, and being like, who even is this guy? <laughs> I, uh, and then over time, I was just like, oh, my God, this is, this is one of the greatest viewers I've ever seen. Um, and it's like you and... And Daniel Kim, I kind of put you in the same category in my head of these just like people post these mind-blowing videos that I have no idea how on earth they, they come around. Um, so I, I just I was really excited when uh when Jonathan was talking so highly of you and knowing that you guys knew each other because oh yeah I, I was just so pumped to get you on. Yeah, we've known each other since like 2016 or something like that. We became good friends since then, yeah. How'd you I went to, you know, I, I went to Indonesian Nationals Judge mm -hmm. in 2017 and we became, we became really close. And since then we hang out all the time and we always like check up on each other, like just outside of viewing and also inside of viewing. We always share ideas and we always like keep checking out on each other. It's, it's like, she's probably one of my closest viewing friends mm -hmm. other than people like Hank and like some people from Singapore, like it's all here, Marcus Rose. Oh yeah, Hank's in Bangkok now. Oh really? Wait, which which Hank? Hank Freeman, the 380 world champion. That's crazy, I didn't know he was <laughs> out there. Hank is everywhere, dude. <laughs> I, 
I recently saw Hank on um on Ricardo Friolini's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and now you're, you're gonna see him on my story now. <laughs> what? What was he just on vacation or did he move? No, he just moves. He oh, moves wow. all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, when when he comes on, I'll make sure to ask him what on earth is up with that. But that's that's really good. <laughs> the oh yeah, I, I can actually I can actually organize him and you talking though. Oh, I'm so that's I, I love that. <laughs> so, but this is this is your episode. So I gotta ask you, what on earth is your backstory? How did you get into yo-yoing? Um okay, it was it was a family trip uh-huh. to Th- Taiwan, I think. And then I asked my mom to buy me a yo-yo. I think it's like a normal story of every single yo-yo. Uh-huh. Well, like yeah, but then I asked her to buy you for me, and she was like, "Okay." And then I think it was Valentine's in 2011, so it was like 11 years from now. Hmm. <laughs> I think I'm I'm old now. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, then then we came back to Thailand. There was some um, real competitions. I think it was Blazing Teens. You might not know that, but it's like Chinese kind of cartoons. Yeah. And then I competed and my mom was like, okay, you go compete and chill, walk around shopping in the mall. Then I got second on the first contest that I competed. Mm-hmm. And then she, st- and then since then, she saw me getting second and she was like, oh yeah, this is not just a toy. Maybe I should support my son, something like that. And then from then, she's always my biggest supporter. And yeah, after that, I I competed some contests and never got any better. And there was one year that I think I kind of went viral on Instagram. It was 2014, it was 2015. Mm-hmm. And then I got sponsored by your factory. And then I had a signature with your factory called Marco. And then I competed with it and won Thailand Nationals and AP two years in a row. And then after that, it got no contest because of COVID. And uh, after that, I left your factory and joined Duncan last year. Nice. But that was this year that you joined Duncan? Uh, it was last year, Christmas Eve. It yeah. was like officially, it was last year, Christmas Eve. That's awesome. Man, Duncan is picking up, <laughs> picking up some incredible names. Um, man, so that's that's awesome. So you've kind of been in yo-yoing, kind of taking it seriously for a long time. I'm I'm glad that your mom was supportive because I've always said behind every good yo-yoer is a yeah, yeah, yeah. yo-yo mom or yo-yo dad or some yo-yo parent who's <laughs> who's a very good person, <laughs> and we thank them. Um, so. So, um, what kind of brought you into yo-yoing specifically? Because, you know, there's all these different things that kids do of, like, baseball or karate. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why yo-yoing above all those? Mm, I wasn't good at any sports. Like, I, I'm, like, 6'2", but okay. I don't play basketball. 
So now you know why my dog could ask sports. <laughs> and then like the, there were some toys back then that I got into. They were like um, car racing and Rubik's Cube mm-hmm. and cop stacking. But then those things just felt like you're always at the end of the line. You're just competing with time, competing with yourself. But then when I started yoing, I saw there are a lot of opportunities and creativities that I can do. <clears throat> and like, you're not just competing with yourself, you're competing against everyone yeah. to be at the top. It's like, um, and then like after a few years of yoing, I think it's like sitting a third year, I started to have the feeling that um, everyone is different. They have their own styles. Uh, I have, <clears throat> I questioned myself, like, why does everyone have their own style? Because they're like, same set of basic tricks. How did they do that? I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. Yeah, and then after that, I'm here now. There were some inspirations that I want to talk about, like, the people that inspired me the most. But there was only one person that inspired me the most. I haven't met him, by the way. He's Takago Izuka. From Japan, I've been watching him since my first day of viewing until now. Wow! <laughs> With the same video, same freestyle. It was his 2010 Warrior Contest sixth place. It's still the best freestyle in my opinion. Like it's still my favorite freestyle because that inspired me to be creative and step out of these like speed kind of styles viewing. I don't really like speed style because same thing is competing against time and I don't really like that. And this yeah. was uh what was it? Takahiro Izuka? Is that who that yeah. was? Okay. Yeah. He didn't win anything, any contests, but he's a Japanese player that pretty much everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's 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 very, very good. Um, I mean, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely see what you were saying about, um, cause I also went through a cup stacking phase. I never did, yeah. <laughs> never did Rubik's cubes, but I definitely did speed stacks and I felt the same thing It's like, I do it and I'd be like, okay, cool. Now I'll do the exact same pattern again, <laughs> but try to be a millisecond. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking I when think I was the in, biggest contribution was, was doing, uh-huh. Oh, I was just going to say the biggest, cube. The biggest yeah, contribution was, of those is to Rubik's Cubes of having the hand thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that <laughs> X ever did for the world. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate that thing. But like, when I was in your Rubik's Cube, I actually got pretty good. I did like, I could finish it in like eight seconds. Oh, wow. And I actually got like, I think I got second in a contest before. I actually competed, that's the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then, like, it was the only time I competed for a big cube, but I didn't really enjoy it compared to Ewing contests because, mm-hmm. like, the people that you met at Rubik's contest, they're just doing the same thing. Like, there's not that many things to share because there are, there are a lot of, like, kind of patterns to do. And they're already on the internet. Like, you don't have to see people in person to actually learn it. 
while you go to yo-yo contest you see different people and you can learn a lot of tricks i actually really enjoy learning tricks a lot especially if it's really hard and intricate (laughs) so i'd almost challenge that in that someone just to play devil's advocate someone who is a rubik's cuber would go oh i don't like yo-yoing because all the all the tricks are out there and they're all on the internet and and so i think the the way that i would fix that is at least how i how i see yo-yoing is like there's that completely infinite trick set that you can choose from that it's not like where there's an end goal there's just more and more and more that you can always expand into you know you you don't have to choose any tricks to learn but you can actually just make a new one yeah and that's what doing is amazing oh that that reminds me of a jay leno quote which is something <laughs> like if someone steals your joke go write a new joke <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. like a reminder of like there's there's an infinite <clears throat> set of these you can just make more it doesn't matter yeah, my trick making process is like this too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get inspirations from, and then I make variations and see the possibilities of what I can do with it. Absolutely, single element. Yeah, and that's something that stuck with me from Jonathan's interview was, um, I remember he makes so many variations, and I was just like, so how do you come up with different stuff? He's like, I just make all of, I just explore every single. Uh, yeah so the same thing i do for for me i would like um like if i'm like for example if i'm in a double or anything i would see if i can hop into some sort of strings i can pop to the bag or i can grab some part of the double thing and do something there's like a lot of things that you can do I was I would always have like a thought in my mind like what if I can do this what if I do that and what if I do this and I, what if I curl my hand around something like that yeah I'm not gonna be just like oh yeah people do this and I'll do this too no I'm not gonna do that because so, it's not gonna be new some might add is that um when you're doing when you're exploring tricks there's certain tricks that only really work at speed, like at full speed. So then when you're going through all the different permutations, how do you, and I don't know if there's really a good answer to this, but how do you do different options on a trick when some of those elements need you to be going full speed? Like how do you stop the trick and then think through. Uh, the- yeah, you you mean you mean like there's like an exact way to do an element or a trick, right? Maybe like like a slack, like certain slacks, you need to have the momentum to get yeah slack to do the thing. So it's, how do you pause? Think what's my next move um, when the element that you're in needs yeah, that momentum? Uh, you can't really pause it. I'm I'm actually really good at putting the right amount of effort instead of building. An alarm going off? I think so. Is that a fire alarm? I'll make sure you're not having a fire. (laughs) Here, let's pause the recording for a sec. All right. All right. So your building did not burn down. (laughs) Hooray! It was just a a cooking alarm or a smoke alarm. Someone didn't turn on their fan. Oh, 
So uh, to answer that question, go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm actually really good at putting the right amount of efforts in everything. Like I, I'm the type of person that hates going all out because I'm going to be too tired. I hate going all on doing something small, mm. but like, so like, it's kind of like putting moderate efforts into something that's also moderate. Like, so if something require like a small amount of effort, you always just have to put small efforts in. So the same thing happens to me when I do a tricks. Um, like I know the right amount of force I should do, <laughs> especially yeah. for laceration and, and slacks and sort of that kind of tricks. Well, like I, um, I think it's because of my experience in doing that I, I'm able to do this. But um, I think when I when I started doing this kind of tricks, I yeah we have to start from my trick making process. So like when I was it was 2012 or 2013. That was the year that I stopped doing speed style. Like I, I started from learning a lot of people's tricks. I started learning Takayo Isaka's trick. I started learning Takeshi's trick. And then that was the time that I realized that like we have to learn more than just learning trick. So like, when you learn tricks, you have to know how the person is doing that smoothly, not just knowing to do the trick. You have to be able to do it like the person. So like, I learned a lot of tricks to the point where I know how people do this exact element. And then I explored from there. And then there was like, a lot of things happened, but then there were some years that I started doing a lot of lacerations and slap back kind of tricks. And, and yeah, my way of doing it is always like, if I can do it, like I, I usually don't, I'm not able to do anything on the first try, but then like after a few tries, then I'll know everything about it. Yeah. Because like when I practice, I also kind of, uh, like practice until like I keep doing the same trick until I know where I miss and why I miss it. And I have to come up with a way to fix that. Hmm. So it's the same thing as when I make a new element, I will, if I want to execute it, I have to figure out a way to actually execute it. Like if I have to swing it harder or if I have to land on the other string or like, pop it up hype something like that so it sort of sounds like you're coming up with how you want the trick to look or what kind of the effect on yeah. the audience and then because how do we find a method to make that yeah yeah i see because it's, it's, it's kind of like, write the program like, and then you debug it <laughs> yeah it's kind of like um, it's kind of like i have like a vision in my mind that i want this trick to look like this and then I have to make it look like what was in my mind because I've been going to the point where I can visualize myself doing in my mind. Mm. <laughs> like I want to see a trick, like like if, if I saw something and I was like, you can do that, but 
qualify to do this, but I'm not eating. Um, I'm just going back home and I saw a trick and I was like, okay, maybe I, if I do that, I'll try it when I'm home. Then when I'm home, I'm just going to try to see if it works or not. Um, there, there was this one trick that I wanted to show you. It was like, um, people called it an infinity lasso. <laughs> oh, yeah. You might have seen it though. It was, <clears throat> it was from like last year, I think. Uh huh. No, it was last two years. Uh, hold it. If you do find it, send, uh, yeah. send the link. Yeah, it's this me. trick. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely saw that. Uh, send me that link. I'll, I'll add it in the show notes. Um, but right. to describe it to, to, to the viewers, it's you're getting into it's, a trapeze, right? And yeah, then, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm going to trapeze and then I grab the half stack and I do lasso. Uh -huh. It was supposed to be infinity. It was supposed to be like I'm able to do it over and over. Keep doing it, yeah. But but then I realized that was gravity, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. So the 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 vision that I had in my mind was just have second and do like a pizza kind of roll. And it's basically like your 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 throw hand is going around in a circle <laughs> around the the z axis for yeah, 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 yo yo yeah. notation. Um, and and it's just making a circle out of the string and it just continues that circle yeah. tracing that with your hand and then it just the circle just yeah. kind of you know, like a lasso that's really yeah, cool. yeah this is a trick that i got the idea from visualization in my head but when physically trying it there's some barriers like gravity yeah well i wonder if you if you grab that the hub stacks while you were doing that then you could just keep it going theoretically yeah if there's no gravity then i can <laughs> when there's gravity oh is it is that pulling the uh the actual string itself down um or do you mean the gravity on the yeah area? the the gravity just pulls the the piece of kind of lasso Pulls ah, it down. Oh, I see. So I have to stop doing it at one time of the trick and then grab the, the loop to land on a triangle. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing for the people listening is it ends in like a really pretty Brent stole, <laughs> like a cool <laughs> Brent stole. But something it was like Brent stole. Yeah. It was like six times last year. It was like 360 times six. <laughs> Wild. Oh, man. Uh, do you have the date of when that was posted? Um, January 3rd, 2020. Perfect. So if anybody, maybe it won't be in the show notes, but now you know where you can find that video. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so there, there was something else that you mentioned, uh, which first of all, I love how you, and I, I remember Jonathan was talking about visualizing tricks as well. Uh, but I think for him it was more of like visualizing practicing and visualizing the audience or maybe i'm getting him confused with the gavin interview there's been a lot that's happened in the last three months <laughs> anyway um, uh i'm interested in that visualization process uh because i think that's something that separates someone who yo-yos just kind of like it's like 
I kind of think about uh, yo-yoing in five different phases that in the first phase, you're like, it's like the monkey phase. It's monkey see, monkey do uh-huh. the thing. And then you, I, I recorded a whole episode on it that's going to get posted soon. Um, and then after that, you start to like explore tricks more instead of just like doing them exactly mm-hmm. as prescribed. And then you start to add your own style and change them to fit your own style. And then eventually you get to the mm-hmm. point where you understand the theory behind what you're doing mm-hmm. to the point that you can just like create anything in any style that you want. And it's almost like you've become a master of, of all of the styles. You're like the, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're like the, the avatar. <laughs> whatever. Um, so, so um, I'm interested in what, what does it take to get to that level? Cause I know a lot of people, a lot of beginners are still at the level where they're like, okay, I'm going to watch the Yo! Tricks tutorial on Double or Nothing, and now I've learned oh, yeah. the trick. So what does it take to get to kind of mm-hmm. level up through that? Is it just sitting and practicing, or is there maybe something else that's helped you? No, I think, so I'm going to say that I visualize everything in hearing from just trick making to practicing for competitions. Mm. like every single thing i can visualize you in my head but i think it all came from my time management because i hate wasting time and like i hate practicing yo-yo because mm. like it's like you you're doing the same kind of thing over and over again and i hate repetitive things i, I wanted to make something new but then after visualizing myself practice then i started to the point where um I can visualize new things in my head. But before actually visualizing the tricks, you can like, um, I think the easiest way to start visualizing is um, when you have a contest coming, but you don't physically practice. You just listen to your competition song and then like, you know what trick you're doing right now at the part of the song and then you know all the music cues and what trick you have to land in this music cue and then what was the ending trick what what kind of tricks you should do in this part of the song and then you do that like for a lot of times and then you just start to the point where okay you can visualize the whole freestyle in your head now yeah. and then after a few contests i think is the it doesn't happen in just one contest i think it was like two contests like five contests and then I started to be able to like yo-yoing in my mind. I can start from third piece and then grab some strings and I know which string goes in front, which strings goes um, behind, something like that. Mm. It's almost like you're gaining familiarity with your own trick set and you're yeah. practicing visualization okay. so that you can get better at visualization so that you can get better at yo-yoing. <laughs> like yeah. you visualize so it sounds to me just t- to kind of sum up and tell me if this is right if someone is at the point where they just learn double or nothing right now what they should do is sit down and visualize double or nothing and and go mm-hmm. through that process in their head and then maybe think visualize one step beyond that like get into double or nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then go uh counterclockwise and back into a trapeze like that's a simple visualization that people can do if they've just learned and so like 
now try that visualization out. So then as you progress, eventually you'll just know how to visualize. Yeah. It's another skill because, that you're learning. Yeah, you can progress step by step. I would call this like a lazy way of viewing <laughs> because you have to, you don't have to physically yo-yo. <laughs> you just sit down or like you're about to sleep and you have like, oh shit, idea come, idea come up. Okay, an idea come up. And then I have a lot, I had a lot of like nights that I was about to sleep but then a trick idea came up and then I had to try that idea right away because I, I would forget it if I sleep. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of my grind tricks have come around that way. Like I'm pretty sure my 720 grind where I, 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 uh -huh. I do around the world <laughs> three times, I think that was one that came around right when I was about to sleep. <laughs> Which, yeah, so, so you, you also had that experience. Yeah. So now we make it work. <laughs> no, that's uh that's definitely something that happens. <laughs> Just know for anyone getting into yo-yoing, it will consume all your thoughts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would say yo-yoing is kind of like a relaxing way, you know, like a thing to relax yourself from like your hard days. Now since now I'm I'm in school now, I'm in industry school and I have a lot of things to do from lectures to lab works and clinical works. So like, I have really less amount of time. So like the rest of my break time during the industry is like just sitting and hanging out with friends, but I can't get it because I'm in a hospital. Yeah. So, so tell people what you do. First of all, where are you? <clears throat> I'm, I'm in Bangkok. I'm a dentistry student. I'm a dental student fourth year now mm -hmm. and out of how many the years? past fourth year um six years okay so you still got a little more time yeah for the for the past four years it's been um i won some contests during the dentistry years so i don't think um school doesn't really matter in doing because like if you have a really good time management then you can do it i got gotcha. you so like yeah, you yeah, it depends on people like yeah yeah it depends on people like how they how they manage their viewing time to their school time it's like yeah. but some people just take viewing too seriously and like keep doing it over and over again until it consumes other part of your time yeah. but i would say for me i take viewing as like a relaxing way like if I had, like if I come back to school and I'll just do you for a while and I was like, and I'll be like, okay, I'm satisfied. <laughs> like sometimes you don't have to make something new. You just throw you and enjoy it. It's my favorite part of viewing. Because there are tricks that is really satisfying to do and I just do it and then I'm okay with it. I'm relaxed. So what are what are some time management strategies? Because I know I went through, um, I, I was just talking to John uh, Narum about this, that I was like, do you know how I was able to win yo-yo contests while going to, to engineering school? Want to know my secret? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. I just did school and improv. And, so, and totally put yo-yoing to the side. So like... How were you able to, to successfully 
Because I'd say I probably put as much time into improv as you were putting into yo-yoing. So I think I know some. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. What, uh, what were you doing with um, to, to manage your time that way? So, so I, like, it's, so. yeah, it's, it's all about managing your time effectively. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, for lectures, you have to spend the least amount of time on lectures. Like, you have to know your way of studying first. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the best way of studying? What's your condition? Like, for some people, they can only study well after midnight. And for some people, they can only study at cafes, something like that. But for me, I can study anywhere. So it doesn't really matter. So I can, like, I can just use any time of my day to study. That's the thing. And then there are also like um, physical works, like lab works and clinical works that can't really be controlled. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> for those kind of things, if I always have thoughts on myself, like um, I, I would try my best to speed everything up with actually having the same results as not speeding up. <laughs> how, so how you- it was like, yeah, people people will say speeding up is like rushing things, but for me, it's not. It's actually doing things in the effective way. When you say speed yeah, sure. up, do you what do you mean by that? Do you mean like speeding up your yo-yo combos or speeding up your general schedule? My dentistry. Oh, your dentistry. My, my dental works. So, like for lab works, that there are certain things that you can speed up. Like, um, for example, when you make dentures, there. Are, um, there's the the last process where you have to do denture processing. It's like you have to boil the whole thing for like a few hours. And you can't do that. You can't control that. But before that, you can. There are steps that you can control. Like you can, um, like waxing up. Like you can uh, speed that up by knowing what instruments you should use. If you use the wrong instrument in dentistry. It doesn't work. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like you have to know the exact way of doing things, the best way of doing things. So it's building. So you, you can see. Yeah, you can start from your own preference, or you can ask people. I ask a lot of people how they do things, so that I can compare it to myself and see if it works for me. If it doesn't, I'm not gonna change right away. I'll see how. Like, I'll see why it doesn't work for me first, and then I'll see if I can improve anything. If I really can't do that, then I'll change. Mm-hmm. And like I, I feel like my life is just trial and errors over and over again until yeah. I know the point, like I know the way of doing everything. And I think that yeah. goes back to what you were saying um, about. Like when you create a new trick, first you never land it, and it's you just can't get it. Yeah, yeah. It is actually a, a trial and error. Yeah, and there's something else you brought up earlier that I really want to bring back, which was that you were saying you know how to add. I forget exactly how you put it, but I wrote it down in my notes as um, as that you're you're kind of matching the input to the output, so you're you're matching mm-hmm. the the effort to uh to the need is maybe another way mm. to put it 
and I, I'll just give like 50 different things about how to describe this because it's just such an important concept. Uh, you also said like you don't so, want to go all out on it. Oh, just a second. I got yeah, yeah. two more on this. Uh, uh, so the, 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 the last one is, um, is it's kind of like the yo-yo trick equivalent, if I understand what you're talking about, of when you're learning to drive a car and you know when you first get to, or even if you get a new a new car and you're trying to get used to its braking system, that um and if you've never driven a car imagine it's a go-kart or a bike even that when you first pull on the brake or push on the brake uh you might hit too hard and then the whole car jerks forward or the whole bike yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you go too soft then it takes too long to decelerate now you've hit the car in front of you so it's learning the right amount of pressure and the right timing to be able to stop so that exactly really clean stop it's that feeling and that concept, but applied to everything in your yo-yoing that when you do an yes. <laughs> just the right amount and just the right amount on the, on the return. And then your boingy boings oh. are like exactly as if you get that concept of what I'm getting at. So now that I've said all that, tell me what you were going to say in response. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think this concept, um, this concept didn't come when I first started yo-yo, it comes when I got into dentistry. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so like when I'm in dentistry, I have to manage my time really effectively, right? So yeah. like I also hate working too hard. Mm -hmm. So like, but but there was like one semester where I tried. Wait, you, you really don't hard. like working like, too hard and best. you went into dentistry? <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> No, I see what you no, mean. The thing is, you know, the other one sinister that I I did, like, I went all out. Like, I, I used a lot of my time. I spent a lot of my time on, on studying because that year there weren't any year competitions. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect time to try out this theory of this kind of things. Because I was told by the friend, my high school friend, that if you go all out in one semester, then the rest is going to be really easy. And I was like, okay, I'll try that because I didn't try that when I was in high school. So, and that was like perfect time because there's no yo yo and there's just studying. And then I went all out and I got like 3.98 GPA. <laughs> and then the semester after that, I did the exact same thing as a semester earlier, but with least amount of efforts like i didn't study that much i like i i i did the most minimal thing ever just study from my friends lectures and just watch videos and i didn't really like pay attention to studying that much but i got 3.92 gpa wow from that semester was actually without actually going all out so that was when i started having a theory that okay maybe i shouldn't do like my best in everything if it doesn't really matter if it's that it's not necessary i'm not gonna do it and that applies to my year so like if i have a contest coming um i would try the perfect strategy to practice like if i have a contest coming next month um i'll start practicing freestyles one or two weeks before the contest so the first two weeks are going to be me 
um, prepping for freestyles, like putting tricks in the right place and choosing the right music mm. and then start practicing um, in three parts. Usually, because I, if you know, if you practice know. three minute routine, yeah, yeah. it's going to be too hard That's because like, the first yeah. stage. Yeah. Yeah. My first stage is practicing is always hard because my tricks are hard. And if you do it three minutes all the way, three minutes, you're, I'm not going to be able to land it. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, the first stage of practicing is just like knowing what trick I should do in that minute. So it's three part is one minute per part. And then after I'm consistent with all the parts, I'll add them up together and practice like a three minute routine. Yeah. That's and a, then, draw a parallel. <laughs> I know uh, Gavin Hubner breaks his routines down even further into like, he just calls them repeaters. Like he creates repeaters out of his different elements and then practices uh -huh. and then does a similar thing of once it's chunked down, and each of those chunks are practiced and perfected, then he builds mm -hmm. it back up into the full thing. So I, just to draw that little parallel. Pretty yeah, I, I think I think that that way of practicing only works when your tricks are not that complicated. Mm. Because there are some elements that can't be a repeater. Oh, no, I got you. No, for him, he, he was calling them. Yeah. And sometimes they are, but oftentimes it's just do the trick end it and then do the trick again is what he meant um, yeah 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 yeah. <clears throat> so like I, I have two terms of saying things the one is element and one is trick a trick is like a combo uh-huh but but an element is like an element of the combo like it's just one element like a trapeze is an element but a combo is like trapeze they'll run a thing back off something like that but for me um if i have a contest coming I would give each trick like four or five minutes of practice. So that's like, that's like a perfect time for me. I have like a time limit for each trick so that I have like a time limit to figure out the way to land a trick consistently. It's like, yeah, it's try and error again. So, so I, I just keep doing the same trick over and over again until the time is done. And I'll see if I'm more consistent with it. If I'm not, then I'll have to do the process again. But during the process, I'll break each element down to see like why I miss this element. And if I can't figure out why, I'll do it another day because sometimes it's just my bad day. <laughs> but then if I still can't do that consistently, then I might just swap with something that's almost identical in terms of um, the way it looks or in terms of clicking so that um, I won't lose any benefits in a trick for a competition. I got you. But, it, but if, if, it's, if, it's like, if it's like a chilling trick or so, it's all like video kind of trick, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I don't really practice those. <laughs> Yeah, you don't need to land those consistent. Yeah, if, if you meet me yeah. at some contest, you'll just see me messing around doing those stupid tricks and hard tricks. And just, I, I'm just always trying those on the spot, not practicing them. So what do you, 
Well, before I before I move on, uh, I like what you're saying about um, first of all, all this time management stuff is making it's reminding me of. Um, have you heard of the Pareto principle, the eighty twenty principle? I think so. Yeah, it's that like. 80% of the outcomes or 20% of the yeah 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 I've heard that yeah 80% of the outcomes yeah, I know that. which like one thing is like always 80% of the wealth is controlled by 20% of the population or like 80 uh, yeah yeah I forgot 20% yeah, I forgot to say this so like um I practice physically for uh -huh. 20% and the other 80% is visualization Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because there, there was some, uh -huh. yeah. Because there there was some research about like um, like three groups of people shooting basketball hoops, mm -hmm. and then I forgot the one of them was but um, the group A is to practice physically, and group B is to practice um, just visualization, not physically practicing, and then the the group B be the group a just because visualization because like it's just if you practice physically you have like a time limit and you have a limited amount of time to practice because your muscles will be too tired and not be able to practice but if you visualize you can do it any time of the day and as many times as you want so <clears throat> i want to know what are you because your your mind is yo-yoing during this visualization that you're talking about. <laughs> but what what if someone saw Polo sitting there visualizing? Like, are you sitting there in monk's robes with incense burning on the top? No. Didn't like no, I, I... yoga pose <laughs> or like where? What are you doing during this visualization? What does that actually look like? So people okay. can use it in their day. Okay, so I'm. I my I, I oh no no I I feel like my hobby is to listen to music, okay. so when I have music on, I have images in my mind, <laughs> and most of the time it's just um some when I listen to something and some yo yo ideas pop up, like for example when I'm on my way back to school to home or like. I'm going to school and like I have nothing to do. I listen to some music and some ideas pop up. Uh -huh. So I, I don't have to really like sit down and like have my things together. Like I can just do anything I want and just some, some ideas just pop up. Uh -huh. like, let me just, I'm just doing my dental lab works and then oh, maybe I can do that trick like that. So okay. I note it down and try it when I'm home. So it's something that I've heard in a lot of books and some that I've definitely experienced, which uh, the closest most people know it is like sleeping on an idea that like if you've if you've mm -hmm. kind of primed your brain to think of something and then the next mm -hmm. morning you wake up and you're like, oh, I know exactly what to do. It's because when you were asleep, your brain is still thinking. Your brain is a thinking organ, just like your heart is a beating organ. It's a pumping blood organ. Your brain is always thinking. And so to me... It's all. It almost feels like that visualization isn't necessarily always active, and sometimes it's passive. Mm. Sometimes one of those, mm. and it feels like inspiration striking, but really it's just 
some mental process happened in the back, like in the back, uh, and <laughs> you're conscious one day, and you go, "Oh, well, the, now I see this." Trick. Is would you agree? Yeah. The the funny thing is the the funny thing is for me, if I sleep on a trick, I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a lot of tricks I did, but like, um, if I have an idea pop up, then I might write it down. Oh, I can show you a note. I have a note of tricks. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have this note of tricks. I wrote everything oh. down. <laughs> There's like one A, it's one a and a half year of tricks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what? And yeah, so things you have written down the, the words. um some grind tower some grind gt straight uh -huh. jacket double slack <laughs> region over the hate 180 but i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> so the, some so grind off slip or something like that like when you're reading like, have you forgotten them or do you know what some of them are i have I really have like oh yeah that there's this one trick that I did. Um, it's a sister trick. So like I lift the yo-yo and I and I just cut the string and then I whip it. That was from this. Wow. <laughs> but it was so long ago. That's a cool idea. I I think I independently had that idea like two weeks ago. So I'm glad that you got there first. <laughs> <laughs> like th this note was so long ago it was from like last year yeah 2021 last year i haven't updated it <laughs> well so that's cool so so then for you it is kind of an active thing when you're visualizing stuff is like you mm -hmm. put on music and then the this sort of sort of plays yeah i i have like I have like 300k of music listening on Spotify. Oh, wow. 300 yeah. minutes of listening on Spotify. That's plenty of time to come up with. What's some of your favorite, uh, what's your three favorite bands, quick? Um, oh, dude, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of favorite bands. Um, three best, three best ones. You only get three. Mm -hmm. For, for, for English songs, it's 1975, uh -huh. and for Japanese, is a band called Kinoko Takeru, but they disbanded. Oh damn! And for Thai band, it's called Silly Fools, but it was so long ago that the band disbanded. Also, fell apart. Yeah. Oh, I love the 1975 so much. <laughs> I haven't actually heard them, and if maybe yeah, I, you have to, uh, are they the kind of band that yeah, like yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard one of their songs? Is it, it is it that kind of thing? You probably have. Okay, this call, this band. Oh, the 19. Okay, yeah, no, I've definitely heard of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> cool. That's something to look into. Uh. So uh, let me see what else I want to hit. Oh yeah, yeah. So so one other thing is um, you're talking about how you kind of 
practice as far as time management that you just fit it into your day like you find time mm. for it um uh yeah if i have a contest coming i'll just practice like i i give my practice time an hour a day okay is that consecutive so like, yeah or do you break it up mm, i break it up it's uh three thirty 30 minutes for just trick only mm -hmm. because um i'm not like the other players where like some people like uh some people just practice the tricks with the music right away but i have to practice my tricks because they're really hard <laughs> so i have a 30 minute of just trick practicing with the music on but not the freestyle music so the reason why i'm doing this is because um the tempo of the music is different mm -hmm. so i have to see if i can rush my tricks or not uh -huh. because for example, if you miss tempo on stage, you have to rush. Yeah, then you use because if you miss a trick practice. on stage, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's not just if you miss a trick, it's not just you have to speed up the rest of the trick, or sometimes maybe you miss, but you have to go slower because the next trick is not coming yet. You have to mm -hmm. go slower in order to match the, the music cues. So like, I practice like that and then after the first 30 minutes the rest of 30 minutes is just routine practicing with the the real competition song but i'm not I, I usually don't practice that much with the routine because it's really tiring just like two or three runs i'm already tired and i have to sit down and take a rest for like 10 minutes so it's basically like six routines a day something like that like around them it's exhausting um and i know i'm i'm starting to roll up a uh a, a freestyle i'm trying to learn to compete mostly as a as uh, an educational exercise to learn what it takes to do it and i'm i've got a routine now it's a it's a prelim so just a minute and a half and it's like uh -huh. still so exhausting to get myself up and to do it and then do it again and then do it again yeah. oh no i missed three points i have to do it again <laughs> so like, yeah dude if so you meet me at a contest if you see me after a freestyle you would always see me sweating and panting coming down from the stage because my tricks are so tiring to do for three minutes oh yeah you have some and yeah it basically feels like I'm working out. <laughs> you are working out. Mentally yeah. and physically, too. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. There, there are, like, I've discovered a lot of ways to um, to prep before going out. Like, um, if you have sweaty hands, um, I use baby powder. Mm -hmm. I've actually tried uh, the um, powder tissues, tissues, but it didn't work for me because my hands are too sweaty. <laughs> so baby powder is the way to go. And for the for the shaking hands, I do like a breathing method, just like Evans. But like I have my own way of breathing to the point where um it just slows my heart rate down. Well like I 
after a while, I after competing for a while, I started to not have my heart be so fast. <laughs> yeah, it was from experience. Now I don't really have to do the breathing method anymore. So for me, I've had really bad hand shaking issues, like to the point where I went to a doctor and I was like, I can't control my hands. And this was for magic. This was for performing magic, which I'm wondering if maybe there was mm -hmm. some like psychological thing behind it. And ultimately there is. And for me, the solution came and still sometimes my hands will shake a little, but it's usually when I'm working on something new um, and I'm using magic, but this applies to to yo-yoing 100% because I've found it works too for yo-yoing. Um, and I'll explain that more if you want, but uh, uh, yeah, please explain it. <laughs> is that I get so deep in my head of what is going to happen next and am I sure that I know what's going to happen next? And so you need to know your stuff backwards and forwards so that you're not second guessing yourself of what's going to happen next. Because what shaking is, is in, if you take a video in slow motion of your hands shaking, the mental process is, I am sure that the next move is this. Wait, I'm unsure that the next move is this. And so then your brain reverses the course that your hand was about to take. Oh, yeah forwards and then it moves it back and that's that's what shaky hands are <laughs> oh this is what the next thing is no it's not yes it is no, it is. um oh wait it's this and so then it, it just turns into a mess and then you have noisy hands and so it's your brain fighting with, with itself at least in my experience that's what it was uh and, and it didn't go away until i committed to learning like nine tricks that I just know backwards and forwards and can do at any time. <laughs> so then I, if, if anyone asked me to do a magic trick, I do one of those nine tricks and I know that I know. Them. And so now my hands don't shake because I have that confidence. So it's the same with, with yo-yoing is, is practice until you don't have to think about it because once you're not thinking about it, then you can just sit there and you can do it and you can relax. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, I heard that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I heard that if you're on stage, you have to concentrate on only one thing. Yep. And that is doing your freestyle, not concentrating on like the audience or having any thoughts on it. But I also have a way to stop shaking hands, like hand shaking thing. Because I do it in history and my hands can't shake. Uh -huh. <laughs> because I have to be really steady in order to prevent right. the, the bird to tip or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I do is when when my instruments touch something, I have to hold my breath, and then my hands will take at the rate of my heart rate, so I can control that. And I do that when I yo-yo too. If I'm on stage, I'll like stop my breathing for a while and I control everything and when the trick stops I can take a deep breath again and do another trick mm. Mm. okay uh you said that the <clears throat> hands will shake at the rate of your heart rate when you yeah. are so does that mean like is that like when people see sniper movies and they're like they stop their breathing yeah, yeah, this, it, their yeah it's the same same thing as snipers so wow. like from from this, you're just like from like to here, wow. from this to this. Yeah. And, and for people just... listening, his hand is shaking, and then going into sort of a metronome with your heart rate. Yeah. 
is what you're showing me right now. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That so I'm I'm completely out of tune with what my heart with my heart rate's effect on my hand because I don't have to think about it in my line of work. Um, yeah, the, there's actually like like a scientific description on that. Mm -hmm. There's like a physical physiology of your heart and your respiratory system where if there's like a too much amount of carbon dioxide in the heart, it'll just slows down or something like that I, I forgot what it was it was a long time ago that i learned that but yeah i just wanted to know that just because i can apply to you yeah, and i don't really care what it does to my body <laughs> hey now all these yoyors know about it too that's so cool <laughs> that's so cool um have you ever th this is on a slightly different thing but you're saying with sweaty hands you use baby baby powder i read somewhere recently and i have not done any tests on this have you tried using um, isopropyl alcohol on your hands? Because I've heard that that stops your sweat gl sweat glands from producing sweat. Which people listening don't know. But um, no, I haven't tried that. But but I feel like it's not going to be that effective because okay. um, alcohol isn't that easy to purchase, especially with isopropyl. Like, the, the alcohol we have is just uh, the um, disinfection sprays. Oh really? For the COVID nineteen, and the, the recent contest, I tried. I tried using the alcohol spray huh? before going out. It didn't work. <laughs> oh damn! But but it, it wasn't the isopropyl. It was just seventy percent alcohol, because There's I wasn't. I was wondering if it works with the sweaty hands or not. Oh, okay. But I didn't. So like, so now I know. You see now. Now you see that I have a lot of trial and errors. I always have like. Oh, can I do this? Can I try it? No, it doesn't work. Well, I, I have a bottle of 70% ISO, so I'll I'll try it out and report back. I'll see if it I'll see what it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it shouldn't be 100 percent because your hands would be too dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alcohol is meant to um extract water from something. Mm. So the 70% is like the perfect amount to not kill you, but kill the <laughs> bacteria and microbes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. man maybe something to try but listeners don't try it uh this is yeah, not yeah you shouldn't try it <laughs> oh yeah th th there's also a method to stop like to reduce the the rate of your heart oh yeah it's not the right but it's not the right way to do and you don't try this anywhere mm. is to take um hypertension medicines Hypertension medications. Yeah, I, I heard some some players take that, and it's really dangerous if you don't have hypertension. I see. Talk to your yeah. doctor before trying hypertension medicine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh because my. if you don't have hypertension, it'll slow your heart down by a lot, and the blood supply to your body won't be enough, and you might pass out on stage. Well, but you don't understand, Polo. Your yo-yoing will be beautiful. <laughs> you'll die, but you'll have the best freestyle of your life. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. Tell us your... I totally forgot to ask you. What, what's your, like, titles? What are your some of your accomplishments in yo-yoing? Just so people know um, who you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I won Thailand National Year Contest. And Asia Pacific two times in a row. 
Wow. And then after that, I didn't compete because there was COVID. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, man, that's awesome. So how, how long have you been competing? Was that just... Um, just I'd say, like, for freestyles, it was 2012, I think. <laughs> so it's been 10 years. Wow. I'm feeling so old, dude. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, so am I. <laughs> and if it's further yeah, consolation, um, we both are starting yeah, kind of old. <laughs> I'm still 22, and I feel really old now. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time you graduate, you'll be my age. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't worry. Uh, uh, oh, man. So I think we've hit on a lot of really good stuff. Let me just go through some of these notes so far and see if there's anything that I missed. Um, oh, there was a small thing I just wanted to toss out of – how I used to, it kind of fit in with what you're talking about. How I used to practice juggling seems kind of similar to how you practice, but I would mm-hmm. fit it into my studying schedule. Um, this is really when I was trying to learn to juggle five balls. I was just like going hard on it for months and months. It's way harder to learn that than it seems. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not the same as going from three to four. Four to five is crazy hard. And then five to six is easy for some reason. Anyway, uh, uh, I was learning five. And what I would do to practice is I would be in the in my library studying. Because like you said, some people need specific situations. For me, I needed mm-hmm. to be listening to um, Vampire Weekend in my <laughs> in, the, in the Kennedy Library. Yeah. That's what I had to, in the 24-hour room specifically. Um, that, that was where I was doing all my learning and studying. And so... I would leave and then just go outside and put earbuds in and I would just juggle for like 20 minutes. And then that was my break. And then I'd go back and I'd start, um, start studying again. And so that's just one more thing for time management of like, use it as your break uh, or do it between classes while you're walking. Uh, the same thing I do. Yup. Oh, I'm sure. How are you, are you known as the yo-yo guy where you are? <laughs> what? Are are you known as the yo-yo guy amongst your peers? Yeah, for all my life. <laughs> yes. Aren't we all? We are all the yo-yo people. Uh, <laughs> God, John Higby chose the right name for his company. <laughs> yo-yo people. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, people just don't call me Polo. They just call me yo-yo instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just changed two letters and you're there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, so you mentioned um, before I started recording that you you would consider yourself a perfectionist. Um, yeah. Would you could you like go into what you mean by that? Um, uh, I feel like uh, I think I have an imposter syndrome where. I'm not satisfied with anything I do, mm. but I think it's a good thing because I would just keep improving to the point where I'm satisfied. For making tricks, it's like, um, I just keep doing and doing trial and errors until I find the best way 
of doing it. Yeah. Something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this also applies to the the efforts way, the the efforts concept. So I have the perfect amount of efforts for everything. So that you're you're kind of figuring out what the right amount of effort is because you don't mm -hmm. want to yeah. look like a fool. I don't want to be tired. <laughs> There's sort of a an internal critic that we all have that like uh oh uh, I forget who who I, I think it's Greg Dean, one of my favorite books on comedy writing. He he's like you got your internal uh, clown and then your critic and they're kind of fighting it yeah. out. And so it's like, you have the, you're like, oh, I want to do this and this and this and it's going to be so cool. And then your critic goes, oh, but that's so hard and you'll never get there. And this looks wrong and this looks bad. And then you show someone the, the trick that you come up with and your internal clown is like, oh, it's so good. And the person watching it is like, oh my God, that's crazy. I've never seen yo-yoing like that. Your internal critic is like, Oh, but I missed that one laceration, so it's totally you. That's <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Of that is, it affects all of us. Um, and d describe what imposter syndrome is in your words, because that's an important concept that I don't know if everybody knows. So basically, from what I heard, it's like just you not being satisfied with what you do, and like, um, you just like, for example, if you want something, you just feel like it's your luck to win. Mm -hmm. it, it would just feel like that. You're just lucky that you win. Something like that. So, like, like if, I, if I win... You would I have regrets. Win. Yeah, you would like, have regrets, oh, like... Because everyone else... I should have, yeah. yeah, yeah. You would have regrets, like, you should... Like, you, you should have gone, you should have gone all out, something like that. Yeah. And it's it's tough because sometimes it's accurate, but I think it's important for people because like you know sometimes you win a competition and everyone else did do bad and it was just like maybe like it was yeah. a competition the wind was blowing for everyone else but you and then you won yeah, yeah. like sometimes that does happen but on average I think if you if you get some win in anything that you do it is important to remind yourself like enjoy celebrate celebrate that win because yeah, yeah. because you you have to and you can't let your critic get the best of you and start going oh i didn't actually deserve that or if you get yeah. a sponsor like that is a massive event and make sure that you don't go oh it's just because they needed a, a new person and i just happened to be yeah there. yeah no you got sponsored or or you got a yo-yo yeah. or you landed a really hard trick you've been working on for so long don't think oh it was just a fluke like no you you did the thing yeah, yeah. on and it's it's i, I used uh -huh. yeah i used to be really terrible at the imposter syndrome because i was never really satisfied but now since i got into a new sponsor and they're really really nice and i don't know it's duncan just feel like the best sponsorship like it does it does, it does really feel like a family. Mm. Now I'm really happy with you. You just you can just see me posting a lot more. And like I really enjoy it. And I just go on filming with people like like the, the latest video that I filmed with was Coleman and it's gonna be released next week. Mm. 
man i <clears throat> genuinely like i don't even there's maybe two or three duncan yo-yos that i actually like but their team is easily one of the one of the best uh like yeah. them DOYW to me are like exemplary of of making a really solid team of yeah, yeah. care for each other like that to me it seems really tight knit i haven't heard any bad stories from them or yeah i just yeah being in a sponsor just makes me really happy mm. but now since i'm in duncan duncan has always been my dream sponsorship since my day one because like back then in like 2011 or 2012 Duncan was one of the first brands that I know. Yep. And then I got the Barracuda as a gift. But back then it was like one of the best yo-yo in the community. And I loved it. And I've, since then I've always wanted to be in Duncan. Yeah. The Barracuda. <laughs> but now since I'm yeah, but now since I'm in Duncan, I I feel like I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> because that because like I'm probably like a few, like one of the few players that are active for the competition because I still compete, but a lot of players in the team doesn't really compete anymore. Like Yanosh and Tal Murdoch, they don't really compete anymore. There's only me, Jonathan, and UFC champion, Jakub Dolich. Yeah. Some of those people. And we active players just give a lot of advice to the new players in the team that are about to compete for the national u.s nationals that you guys had a few weeks ago the we were working on uh, chris Toledo's freestyle way, and so bad at that company yeah all oh, everyone <laughs> so terrible i'm kidding everyone made fun. both of you know that <laughs> And you definitely, yeah, like, anyway, go on. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like helping players is like my kind of happiness because I enjoy seeing people's success become successful yeah. after taking my advice. It's like the feeling of seeing your son grow something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so what's some of the advice that you gave? So like I, I give my way of practicing. I tell them my way of practicing, and um, uh, I feel like when I give advice, I don't give compliments. Like compliments is a good thing, but well, like you have to know what you have to work on. So I give my honest opinions and and they're there would always be reasons behind it because people just hate getting negative comments without any reasons, right? So I, if, if there's like a mistake or anything that is wrong, I would just say that it's wrong. And I would also say why it's wrong and what you have to do in order to make it right. Something like that. Uh, something on that. Two things on giving feedback, which I think uh, giving direction is a, that's a skill in and of itself, just like visualization is a skill in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And something that I've learned is people get really mad at you if you give them 
feedback on stuff that they that was that was actually a fluke that you saw. Like if they miss a double or nothing, or no, not a double or nothing, mm-hmm. like a two point five whip is what I meant. And you go, oh, make sure that you hit that every time. Like they know that. <laughs> And so, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't give that kind of feedback. Oh, I, I know. I'm not saying this for you. I'm saying this for people listening. Like, make yeah. sure the kind of feedback that you give is core stuff that's like structural and theoretical, and and like you know, not yeah. not just oh, make sure that's better or make sure that's faster because people know that, and they are expecting you to know that they know that. And one other small thing, yeah. absolutely, uh, give don't don't just go oh your routine was great because that's not how people grow uh but on the other exactly. end i I'd, I'd advise against just pure negative or not negativity but but pure constructive criticism uh mm-hmm. i always like the concept of a, a a feedback sandwich which is that you give positive feedback and then uh-huh. we we would call it in high school they taught this to us and they really drilled this into our drilled it into our heads of warm feedback then cool feedback, then warm feedback. So it's like you say what was good, which always there's something that was good. Then you say, here's something that was a little bit, it could have been better. And here's how, here's my ideas on it. Use it if you want. And then you end on more warm yeah. feedback so that they go, okay, but still I am, I as a person, I'm okay. So it's like you feed their ego and then you open up their rational mind to some, to some building back up. And then you feed their yeah. ego more time. <laughs> which helps to close it up. So just just some little little things on giving feedback that I think are important to to share if people haven't ever heard them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've been going to the point where I can kind of predict what the player is going to do next for each, like for the next element the player are about to do, I can kind of predict it. So like when I see free cells, like I kind of know what, like the music cue is coming. I know the drum beat is about to end and, yeah. They might be doing that trick and I'm right like most of the time, but then it doesn't mean, really matter if they miss a trick. I'll just ask them to film a trick in that section and then show me like how they're doing it with the music and if it works or not and what they should improve. Like if they had to work on weight control, I'll tell them. Hmm gotcha so it's just kind of the the things that they need to work on yeah i i don't just give criticism with nothing just i would always give like my recommendations or like my ideas what what if i were you i would do this that type of thing is there is there any one specific example you can remember i know i'm putting you on the spot Mm. with that question but there, there were some people that I helped. Uh, Jonathan was one of them. I also uh, was also Jakob Dolich for his EYC freestyle. There was oh. one section where his EYC uh, winning freestyle. We should have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was one section where he he does a trick slower at a slower pace than the other tricks, and I asked him like why he does this and. I feel like the trick he's doing is not in the right place. And I told him, yeah, I told him that yeah, maybe you should swap something in instead of this because it seems like it's a little bit too hard for the competition. 
he was like, yeah, I'll, he would, yeah, then after that, he sent me a video of him doing with that part of the music. And then I asked me for my opinions, and I was like, yeah, put that in. <laughs> wow. Jakub is something, is, is someone who, he's so amazing as a yo-yoer, first of all, but also he used to just join into, I would do like live streams and he would just join in yeah. and he'd just like <laughs> ask for advice on tricks. And he was always so open to getting advice. And he's just so yeah, he's yeah. like, like a feedback machine. He just takes it and he runs with it and he tries different things. He's yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's the, that's the right thing to do because yeah. um, I hate to say it, but there are some players that don't take negative comments at all. Yeah. and neglect everything about that is negative which is not really okay for me because you know like as um since i was born in an asian house <laughs> like everything needs to be perfect so we have to accept all the negativity and work on it if you if someone bullies you you have to know why they bully you and what was the reason behind that and why is they why are they saying that mm. it's just like it might just be you just sitting down talking to yourself but it's a good thing you, you also you'd always need like alone time with yourself yeah i think there's definitely honestly i'd i'd say applying that to bullying could <laughs> i don't i don't know if i would agree with that but i but what i do find in that that it's is not kind of bully it's just like keep saying negative comments I to, your, to the things you're doing i use the wrong word <laughs> getting like actual negative um negative yeah. so i see i see i see yeah no i i think and what i was gonna say also uh is just like there's definite value in contemplation of if you hear mm -hmm. over and over and over something then like think about why what is causing that uh yeah you have to think about it yeah if you get a lot of hate if if the hate doesn't have any reason ignore it but if there is a reason see the reason and why are they still hating you then if you can't help it then you just ignore it but if you can do something with it then do it if they hate you because of your image but the image is like the bad thing to just improve it but if it's something that you can't change then just ignore it people just hate you because of your looks it's not it's not a good thing some people just hate for hating <laughs> yeah yeah to separate especially when you start to open yourself up to feedback it is very hard to separate the people who are just coming at you to to because you're opening yourself to feedback and they feed on giving people negative feedback versus yeah. people who actually want to help you and see you succeed and help you to grow and then to try to figure out in your own head of oh no what if i have those reversed and i'm taking the advice of the people who want me to fail so it's like it's a really hard mental exercise when you open yourself up to feedback because there are people 
who will just jump on you and tell you, oh, this is bad, this is wrong, this is terrible. And that's yeah, why yeah. when I try to give feedback, I make sure to say at least like three or four times, use this if you want to, but here's something <laughs> that happened today. Or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would always think before saying anything because like yeah. we're all grown ups now. We have to like think before doing anything because a lot of things are like because a lot of negative comments are very sensitive sensitive to some people. Yes. Uh God, there's a there's a song that I thought I thought this was just in a Brother Ali song, but then yesterday I heard it for some reason in another rapper song. It might have been Tech Nine. I don't know why I was listening to Tech Nine. Anyway, it was uh 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 remember I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> and that's like, it's just it's so applicable to yo-yoing of like it's why I'm so protective and why I argue so hard against uh competition because like I've worked so hard on this one style that's just totally not valued in competition. And I'm like, no, yeah. I want it to be valued. I want it to be useful. Um, but I mean, there's other things that are wrong with competition in my mind that are beyond, even if it was open to, to the style I do. But uh, the point being like, make sure that when you're giving someone feedback or when you're taking feedback, you're aware that all of us are doing art and it's all subjective and there's no right or wrong yes. to it. Yeah. yeah, people just don't think you're doing it's art, but it's actually art. It's <laughs> yes. the art of creating something. Mm -hmm. Like when, when it comes to competition, people just think of it as a sport. Like when you watch a sport competition, you just, you only see the outcome. You don't see the, the things before that. You don't see the way of that person practice. You don't see anything before that. You see the results. Yeah. And you judge from the results. And in certain sports, which of course there is a an art at to some extent, but for example, in basketball, there is a definite wrong way to play basketball. You can uh -huh. shoot the ball into the into the into your own hoop, and now you've scored a point for <laughs> your team, and that is definitively the wrong way to play that game yeah. uh, if you want to be playing basketball but that's not necessarily it's not the same kind of thing yo-yoing because it, it's a it's a it's a creative art it's a performance art and you're doing a performance yeah. and i was thinking yesterday uh, uh like a clowning act where i could get a knot and then just go through all these different ways of getting out of the knot and then that becomes the act and that's still a yo-yo act but it's a yo-yo act yeah. getting out of a knot. And so, um, and so like there's the, that is a valid way of doing a yo-yo performance. And that's what I'm trying mm -hmm. to get across. It's not like basketball. It's not like a competition necessarily, unless you're playing the freestyle, the yo-yo freestyle game, which does sort mm -hmm. of it's like not getting knots and stuff anyway. Just want, just wanted to toss that out. Oh, one other thing I've been uh, talking, thinking about a lot during this interview, because it's kind of come up a lot. We're talking a lot about competition, and this is explicitly not a podcast about competition, but I think there's a lot of knowledge that come from really high-end competitors uh, because you have to be able to perform on that day, on that stage, perfectly. Mm -hmm. 
And that is important for anyone doing any kind of performance. And it would be stupid of me to just ignore that knowledge. So for yeah. anything we've said about competition, if you don't care about competition, you're listening to this, remember that it all applies to any kind of performance that you're doing. All of this practice stuff, all of this applies to any performance. This is how like Cirque du Soleil creates their acts is by doing this. <laughs> Just you know, practicing it a bunch until they can't get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that that's just one more thing I wanted to get out. Um, cool. Now the ball's back in your court. In case in case you want to say something this whole time. No. Oh, I can just keep lecturing. Cool. <laughs> no. Uh. So. So let's let's toss this out. You mentioned um, hand skills. What what do you mean? Oh uh, yeah, <clears throat> hand skills is something that is the most important in dentistry field, mm -hmm. where your hands needs to be steady and really precise. So that also applies to Yang and like a lot of my dentistry friends say things like oh yeah you're a year player so you're good at dentistry work uh -huh. and i feel like that's like an excuse because you can practice that and you can learn that and work on that yeah but for me i feel like um um like i had a lot of trial and errors on things like for the industry, there are like some strokes that have to be really precise and with the right amount of force you to apply. Mm -hmm. And then that came from try and errors. And yeah, that, that's the same concept as the efforts concept and everything. It's just something that we forgot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh how do you do trial and error in in dentistry i'm sure you're not going and like getting 10 10 yeah. people going hey we'll give you 500 dollars yeah. we can screw up your teeth like how do you how do you practice so so like if if you're about to do a filling so mm -hmm. like um when i try and I, when i have to try something new like the first time that i try would always would always be a fail uh -huh. <laughs> but then the feeling just makes me know like what I should do to make it right and what's the the best way of doing it. You're learning. It's kind of like a trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. My life's always been that way. I just keep trying, trying, trying until I know the way of doing everything. Yeah. It's that uh that Thomas Edison quote about the light bulbs, that like. He, yeah. he made 500 he learned he he created i forget the damn quote he learned 500 ways not to make a light bulb or something like that and then he got yeah, the, yeah. uh i get you so so then it's, it's just like kind of chiseling away all the well i mean to bring it back to what we we're saying about not uh, about using the right amount of force to do any trick it's like you do it once and you put way too much and then you go, okay, that was over the top. And then you do it again and you do way too little and you go, all right, that yeah. was not nearly enough. And then you just keep on yeah. that precision. 
Um, oh, I talk about this book all the time, but I just want to toss out one more little quote. Uh, it's Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. Amazing book. It's like central to everything I've ever <laughs> I've ever done on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, but he talks about he, he's a violinist and he talks about how he could never imagine how people were able when he was first learning how people were able to hit the notes without any frets. And then he over mm -hmm. time learned, which by the way, I've never played violin myself, but this is him describing it. He learned that no one ever really gets their finger to just like a robot go exactly to the right place and they hit it. What they do is they get really close to it by muscle memory, but then it's a process of feedback between their ear and their finger of, do I go a little mm -hmm. bit up or a little bit down now that I'm close? And they just do it so fast that it seems instantaneous to an outside observer. And that is a level that I'm now at in yo-yoing is being able to feel stuff like that. Like, especially for mm -hmm. a, a slack around formerly known as suicides, uh, like yeah. if you those, I can feel like, oh, I need to pull right here. And now the slack is starting to open. And now I can yeah, see yeah, yeah. go. And you can just feel that in the moment when you're first learning those. It just seems like it has to be luck every time. And it's not. There's a skill to it. <laughs> yeah, when, when I first learned suicide, it was like, it was like 2011 or 2012. But yeah. then I'm, I, wasn't, I was never good at it because like the way I did suicide was like, just like keep the loop the way it is, like, yeah. like this, without pulling anything. Yes. But then... I saw Jesse Percy's video. <laughs> it was the video that he did suicide tricks with the loop was really big. He was also the record holder for the suicide trick. But that, that was the video that he did like quadruple suicide. Oh man. <laughs> like one, two, three, four. Yeah. And then I messaged him directly on, on Facebook Messenger and asked him like how how does he make the loop big like that? Was it because of the strings? And he was like, oh no, I didn't use any special type of strings, just bulk string from your expert. And I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, and, and he, he gave me some some tips to actually try it. And it was just like, just the right amount of pull. Yeah. <laughs> like what you just said, it's like really it, big, just a little bit of pull. If you're, if you're learning uh, Slack around slash suicides, it's the same trick just different name um uh at first i totally agree you feel when you're first learning it you're like oh i can't pull at all i just want to maintain this the trick is the pull. yeah the pull is the trick it's it's figuring out how to pull that so that the slack opens up if you're just trying yeah. to like play with that try pulling because because Magic. yeah because if you don't pull and you want to look to be big you have to open up like this yeah it looks weird <laughs> oh and the addendum to that is make sure that you've thrown a break away or else the pull is gonna find it immediately and then yeah. you'll, you don't have a really cool bind yeah. uh oh man you know, uh, jesse uh -huh. christie is really cool because the video he did was the video that he caught suicide with his elbow <laughs> that was the reason why i asked him for tips for suicides because he was the only one that was able to do that back then. Well, that trick proves, like going from your finger to your elbow, <clears throat> the mm -hmm. that loop has to be getting bigger somehow. 
or else that trick yeah. be possible. So like, I, yeah. I well, that was that, yeah, that, that was when my that was when my uh, that was when I questioned myself, like, um, how did he change the loop from one finger wide to an elbow width? Yeah. <laughs> it must be magic. <laughs> So two things on that, two quick things is one, uh, uh, yo-yoers will usually respond to you generally. If you have a question about yo-yoing and you really approach them like you want to learn, almost every yo-yoer, mm -hmm. even the biggest names in yo-yoing, will respond to you and give you actual advice. Like if you if you really go to them asking for it. Um, that's not to say go and like everybody go, Hey Gentry, give me a free yo-yo. Like, don't do that. But uh, but if you have actual like, hey, I'm working on this one specific thing. Can you help me figure out this? They'll they'll usually re reply. And the other thing, yeah. is, um, yeah, I forget the other thing I was gonna say. But there was another thing, and I'll put it in the uh, and, and then we'll be all good. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. That's that's such a good little like. I I'm glad we hit on that for for uh for slack arounds because I, I feel like half the audience is gonna go yes i know stop talking about this and the other half is gonna be <laughs> pulling their strings going like yeah yeah, yeah because uh, some people don't know they are yeah absolutely um uh you said you wrote down i asked for a list of topics and i'm i'm doing a whole new structure for this show so i'm i'm excited to find this out uh, you mentioned things that make me happy in yo-yoing from day one. Can you <laughs> tell me what you mean it's by just, that? Yeah, it's just seeing people grow because of me. Because oh. I've been helping a lot of yo-yo players. And because back then, I used to be the person that asked everyone for advice. And now everyone asks me for advice. Yes. So I feel like it's the best way to give back to those people. So like if you're listening to this and you have like a, um if you want some criticisms you can ask me and I would give my help. <clears throat> if you're working on a trick, then just send me your trick, then I'll give my opinions on what you can do, what you can improve, because I've seen a lot of tricks, a lot of elements, and I kind of I still want to see new things. If you're doing the, the elements that I've seen, I'll tell you and I would also give you alternatives if I can create something new for you and I'll send you and you can use it as your trick. As your trick. <laughs> I think, uh, tell me if you agree with this. Just as far as the amount of elements that you know and uh, and for any, like, any yo-yo who's been doing it for as long as we have, um, the the tricks that people see are the tip of the iceberg of what we've actually done and what we've explored. And yes. the coolest yes. trick I've ever done and the coolest trick that you've ever done was never posted to Instagram because we went, holy shit, how did I do that? And why wasn't I rolling? <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a lot of tricks from social media and also in real life. There are a lot of tricks that you can see and you can do. You can always ask me for it any type of opinions man that's so cool so so tell me about 
I, lo I love that. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your preference for yo-yos? Design, mm -hmm. design wise. Design wise, my dream yo-yo is a yo-yo that spins really long and doesn't snag metric. Gotcha. <laughs> but my preference is a yo-yo that like feels comfortable in my hand mm -hmm. and also is really good for just hanging out in competition and also fun to play with. So you want because I'm the type of what I'm getting. Yeah, because yeah, because I'm the type of person that like always have new ideas and always try new ideas and have a lot of tricks to do. So it should be spin long. To be spinning really long. So it's like the best design for me is like a rim weighted. And the shape that fits my hand the, the best is like edge shape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just for yo-yos, not the string, but strings is much more in detail there are a lot of details about the strings that people usually don't usually forget about for yo-yos is like like a common preference a lot of players want this <clears throat> but for the strings um i i do a lot of slacks and all the lacerations so i want heavy strings but since i live in a really 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 humid country Mm. it's really hot here it's like 30 something degrees oh, wow. but then celsius since right? it's really celsius yeah i think it's like yeah i think it's like 100 something in fahrenheit i'm not sure mm. yeah but since i live in this really hot and humid country my hands are really sweaty when i hear outside so i want the string to be like a little bit rough but not too rough that it doesn't cut my fingers and i also want the heaviness <clears throat> so the the thickness that's like perfect for me is the kitty xl but the old kitty xl was a little bit too thick that it's next to metric which is the thing the thing that i don't really like as i said before <laughs> so that was also when Kitty String started to sponsor players and then they sponsored me and asked me what my preference are and I told them that I I don't really like the XL thickness, but I only like the heaviness of it. And he was like, okay, then I asked him to tighten the, the tension of the string. So this, the the final product will be thinner than usual. You understand, so you tighten yeah. the, the strands and everything with the same same amount of strands to make the exile. Yeah. So with the the tightened tension, now the string is a little bit rougher and thinner with the same weight. I see. And when I tried it, it now becomes a little bit faster. So it's really good with suicide loops and all of those kind of select tricks. Damn, I might need to try some of your string now. I've been in the market for new strings. I recently bought yeah. 350. <laughs> I got <laughs> class. I got 1.5. I got fat, and then I got um, Evans Plutonium. Yeah. 50 of those. So like, like I, I'm known. I'm known for doing these kind of tricks. So I've been given a lot of strings to try. Yeah. Uh, 
like some some Indonesian players gave me strings to try, some Vietnamese players gave me strings to try. Yeah. So I have a lot of like type of knowledge for strings. Yeah. And then that was my preference and clearly string made it happen. It was like my dream string and it's the best string I have. That's amazing. You have to you should try it. You should try it. Just if someone has it, ask them to try it. It's like really good. I'm not I'm not complaining on myself, but it's really good. No, I I'm all so I'm happy for kitty string. I'm all for like if you've people who actually use the stuff that that they that they put their name on, like Hiroyuki Suzuki and Brian Figueroa, they use their the yo-yos that their names are on, or at least mm-hmm. you know, Mickey did when he was on Yo-Yo Gem. Uh and I know Evan actually uses plutonium and I didn't buy it until I asked him if he did. And he said, yeah, I use that. And I was like, okay, cool. Then I'll buy it. And like knowing that you actually use that, like that really makes me want to go and try it. Cause and like hearing how you're describing it, that's like, that sounds like exactly the kind of string I've been looking for. Cause I like thin, but I also have been realizing a need for heavier string. Because I mm-hmm. got some original throw string, did some whips with it, and went, yeah. oh, wow, I can land 3.5 hook on my first try, and I've never <laughs> landed before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe I need to pick up some of that. Um, and uh, the thing I just is, have to plug yeah. mouse pads. I genuinely use them. <laughs> I love mouse pads. They're so good, and they're cheap, and you should buy them. Anyway, go on. Yeah, the, the thing about my string is that I want it to be rough because I don't really like changing new strings. Yeah. So like since it's rough, since it's rougher now, you can play a lot for a lot longer. It lasts longer. Ah. And yeah, and also since it's rough, you can play anywhere. You can play also play outdoors without without the string getting sticky to your hand. Oh, yeah. So I like I just felt like I made the best string in my life. Well, how how do people find that? Where is it available? Um, it's on Kitty String website. Okay, only through Kitty, or is it through uh, retailers too? I think I think so. I I don't think signature strings are shipped to any retailers. Wow. Okay, then that's a that's the hot tip. Get it through Kitty's website. Um. Oh yeah, there there are also some other signature strings from. Owen Eggblad, like people like Shinji Saito, Daiki Tanaka, Kento Murakasa. Those people also have uh, signature strings on their website. You can also check it out. They're all different though. They're all different. They're all the players' preference. That's so cool that strings have come so far. I also recently talked down on Kitty because I didn't like their first class string. So I made a story post about it and I, mm-hmm. I'm scared I offended them. But I, I still love Kitty. They, I still use their string for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I think they changed the formula or something, but I'm trying new, it's it's prompted me to try different strings and that's why I have all these new ones. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I, like, I got their, their fat strings. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. This is still the kitty string quality that I've known. So yeah, I- Yeah, yeah, yeah. My string is so different them. from the normal production. Oh yeah. Of kitty because of the roughness and everything. Because I also don't really like the softness of the string. (laughs) Yeah. 
because it becomes sticky when you play for a while. That's a that's a good finding. I never knew that about. Um, I never put that together. That soft string because I've always been like, oh, the softer the better. But yeah, no, I also hate when string gets gross and sticky, and yeah. I never put but it together. It, yeah, but but if you in but if you live in a country that's that's like a dry weather, it doesn't really matter. But if, I live in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I think I've hit a lot of the major points here. Um tell me about your perspective on the current yo-yo scene. What do you see? I'll put it this way. What do you see as good parts and what do you see as bad parts? Things that could be improved. Not yeah, the, the good part is that we've been getting a lot of new players from TikToks or uh -huh. some of those viral video platforms like YouTube, TikToks, Instagram. But the bad part is that we, the creativity is declining. Like you, you don't see people like those Japanese posting that much anymore. Like now there's only Shoda Saka that, that is in my mind. But back then there used to be so many more, but now it's been declining because they probably have work and things to do. But but the the, the question is, why is there no new creative players? Uh -huh. Because we've been just um, posting TikTok videos of doing DNAs and Godspeed. Yeah. And that's like, and that's like, the end of the way of doing if the new player comes because they would just want to be able to do the DNA and what if they just what if they can do it now and what are they gonna do next? So I feel like the kind of content I want to see now is how you can improve and how you can create something completely new mm. from the experienced players. <clears throat> Because it's really, really important. I see that a lot from Evan with his... Because um, I think... I don't necessarily think he is the most natural in front of a camera. Like, I think mm -hmm. that uh, Angelo, as far as, like, creating a TikTok and being on camera, Angelo just was more natural at the beginning. Of course, Evan's getting better, and he's obviously very good at what he does. Um, but just what what i think evan does bring to the table is he is really creative at cr at just making totally new stuff that no one's ever seen and making the craziest tricks like he did he's calling it a a, a double 360 no scope which he throws two off string yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Them, does appear yeah, that... and then a, a whip <laughs> catch after doing a spin that's so like how the hell and then he did a double and which is an upside down DNA. And so he used two Yo-Yo Factory nine dragons, grabbed them, put them upside down, held the finger loops in his mouth and did two DNAs upside down <laughs> that way. And it's like, how, Evan, how'd you even come up with that? So I think a lot yeah, of that I want to around. see more of that. Yes. I want to see more of that. Not just people asking for DNA or Godspeed. Yeah. Two different types of songs. It's not, it's just, you just feel like you're just watching the same video over and over again. It's different sounds. 
Well, yeah, I want to see more of that. Is um, I I I I've mentioned this a few times, but I oh I swear I only try to mention it when it is relevant. And I think it is relevant to this story. I got a new job at Universal Studios in Hollywood, and I I see well, the backlog tour. I'm I'm very happy about it, but I see the backlog <laughs> tour happen, and it's just like tram after tram. These are like each tram car holds like probably 30 to 50 people and each full tram train has like seven tram cars in it so that's like what 210 people at at the very least up to like 350 Uh per tram and these are going through the back lot one leaves every like 10 minutes maybe even less maybe every five minutes and so this is like happening all day all these trams for about 12 or let's say 10 hours a day one leaving every five minutes each one containing 350 people it's like so many humans and they still a lot of them it's their first time ever doing the backlot tour so it's just it's hard to really comprehend in our own brains the sheer quantity of humans and the amount mm-hmm. of people who haven't seen this stuff before. So I think that is the value of creating the same TikTok video over and over and over. Because if you get 120,000 views, that's a lot for a person. But as a percent of the total global population, that's that's nothing. That's literally nothing. Yeah such a it's a drop of a drop of a drop it's like a tiny little bit of humanity that's now been exposed to modern yo-yoing so even if you get four million people that's still nothing (laughs) that's like so irrelevant in the face of nine billion humans So, so like i think it's hard to comprehend just how many more yo-yoers there can be than there are right now and mm-hmm. I think there is. I think that's the value in creating the same TikTok over and over and over, even if yeah. it doesn't. It's not a breeding ground for creativity. It is a breeding ground yeah. to get new yo-yoers involved. That's my little rant. Yeah, but but we have we have to come up with a way to to teach more people and more players. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of we have to. Um, I feel like yo-yo education should be a content in any type of platforms yeah. just from like- from cleaning the bearings and like what what's the difference between a normal normal string in your your daily life and your string the difference those kind of things nice. you can't just yo-yo and show people and like yeah there are some things that non-yoyers don't know while you're so there's absolutely frustration that i think prevents a lot of people from moving forward unless they know a yo-yoer because like even doing a bearing like it's really hard to know that that's even a thing that you can do yeah unless you met another yo-yoer who went oh look you can take this yeah 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 do this so like yeah oh i i've always thought there's an important piece for that but and the the videos are out there, but it's if you're a new yo-yoer and you see how to de-shield the bearing, and then you see how to do uh, uh, 
the drop in a bucket combo. Then you go, ooh, I want a new combo. I don't care. I don't care about D shielding a bearing. I don't even know what that means. So like, yeah, that's a tough problem, and I don't really know how to solve it. But more content teaching it is definitely important. Um, yeah. And I do want to share a, a, a thing on that uh, from a, another book called Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson, who is a cult leader. Don't buy his products. Um, but anyway. Uh, he, he does have some good books, and in his book, he was talking about how there's different um, levels of traffic, like internet traffic. There's cold traffic who doesn't know anything about you, and if you're trying to like market to them, it's really, really tough. There's people who know you as a person and what products you're offering, and uh, you have to market to both of those groups differently. So I think it's cool to have – this is how I've started th- conceptualizing TikTok it's to appeal to cold traffic and to get people to go, oh, this is what a yo-yo is. Then Gentry mm-hmm. and Evan and all of them do videos of like, and they've each made like 15 of this same video of like, oh, here's an unresponsive and then here's a responsive. And so then that's like mm-hmm. for the more warm traffic. But then there's what you're saying of like the real intricacies and the secrets behind how to do yo-yo maintenance, basic stuff. And that's for the people who are more committed. And so I think like thinking about those different levels of the audience and the different like warmth of the people of, of their experience with yo-yoing and then creating content to match that mm-hmm. is super important uh, as far as creating a, a an online presence. Yeah, because most of the time people just do self-learn. Yep. And since now we have COVID, we can't really meet physically. Mm-hmm. but in the u.s you might have been done with covid you can meet people physically now but in thailand there's still the COVID situation here is still isn't that great mm-hmm. we can meet but like we can't really hang out for too long yeah yeah and even if we can meet some people just aren't lucky enough to be in a place yeah. yo-yo. that said weston do you know Weston? If you don't know Weston, you so. will know Weston. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I don't think he's around any other yo-yoers and he's managed to get really, really good all on his <laughs> own. So like big props to him. Um, here's, here's a, a last question before I move into the conclusion unless you got other stuff to say we've just been going i think there's some really good stuff in this i'm so pumped that we had you on man um what do you see as your yo-yo legacy my legacy yeah i would say teaching i think because i i've pretty much achieved a lot of things from winning competitions to um getting sponsored and everything. I think I'm pretty satisfied with my achievements in Yo-Yo. Mm-hmm. So now like, I want to see more people to become successful, not just like me, but can become more successful than me. So like, I feel like being the reason behind that is what makes me happy and it's my legacy. Because I've been some training some new players and yeah, I really enjoy doing that. <laughs> Here's sort of a similar question. What's your favorite trick? 
my favorite trick yeah oh dude that a lot <laughs> one of them has to be your favorite trick general and then the other is one that you've made in case those are different mm. my favorite trick yeah to see or to do do i need uh, to be able to do oh, the trick uh it can be two answers it's it's probably the uh a half yo-yo trick where you throw it down and you take half the yo-yo out <laughs> and i land yeah and i land a tower laser on that there's a video of that <laughs> that's one of those videos that i think i remember seeing and going what the <laughs> <laughs> oh man anytime a yo-yo half is in play i just i just look the other way and go okay i'm i know i'm never gonna learn that <laughs> Maybe it's really true. fun if you can That's if you awesome. know how to do that. I I learned it from Hassan Morales from Malaysia. Mm -hmm. He's a 3A Malaysia champion, and I asked him like, "How how are you doing that?" He was like, "Just screw the axle tightly into one side of the yo-yo, uh -huh. and the bearing seat needs to be tight on only one side of the yo-yo. Then you're done with it. You just okay. throw and we just screw it like just." Um, have to make the yo-yo a little bit loose, and then you throw it. You have to grab on one side. There's only one specific specific side you can grab. And you grab it, and then it's gonna come up. Wow. There's also a finger spin trick of the half yo-yo that I can do. <laughs> and and then I put put the half back on. I take it out and do some tricks and put it back on. That's probably one of my favorites. Is is my favorite trick that the the trick those tricks are my favorite tricks because is outside of the box like it's not it's not the type of 1a trick that you see like most people don't don't really try to take the, the how the yo-yo out yeah. it's the tricks that make you like remember the very limits of what this toy is yeah yeah it's like okay it's a spinning thing what can you yeah, do and I, and I love breaking limits. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> That's one of the few tricks that involves axle. Like mm, if you really yeah. think about it, everything kind of has the axle, but only, only secondarily. This is like the axle is the primary method to make that trick work. Yeah, it's unscrewing. <laughs> Wow, that's one of those tricks where you score a point on the uh, on your own hoop, but it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Cool. So, so do you have anything else? Anything else that that you've been dying to share with the yo-yo world before we move into the conclusion? Mm. I don't really have anything. I just. Now I'm at the point where I really enjoy yo-yoing, uh -huh. and I want to see more people enjoy yo-yoing. So just just do what you love and enjoy what you do. If you do, if you feel like yo-yoing alone is, is just that that if yo-yoing alone doesn't make you happy, just go meet some people and hang out. Mm -hmm. Because I love, I really love hanging out. Did you see me at, at some contest? You just see me hanging out. You just. You don't see me practicing. If I practice, is only just on stage, not off stage. Yeah. 
because I enjoy talking to people, learning tricks, and not just about yoing. You can I also enjoy hanging out with people outside of yoing to make your life happy because yoing is supposed to be a fun toy, not a stressful toy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I love any time anyone uh, goes to a contest and then doesn't sit with their earbuds facing a wall doing their yeah, yeah. over. That's yeah. That's I, I only do that when I'm about to go up on stage. <laughs> that's fine. That's totally fine. Just not the whole time. Yeah. Cool. So, so I got three conclusion questions. They're quick. One, uh, we've been talking now for uh, a bit and uh, two hours and we <laughs> people might be you know driving or doing laundry or something what is one thing that that you want them to remember from from something that we've talked about you'll do one and i'll um, do one. i would say it's just to be yourself because like um it's really hard to explain but if you like for example for yang if you learn something new just don't do it at a competition or something like that because people would know that the trick you're doing is someone's trick yeah so what i mean by that is to um be yourself and try to make something that suits you the best you might be doing the exact same trick but you might have your own way of doing it yeah so that still be being yourself I'd yeah I, I was gonna make my thing that 80 20 rule but I think based on yours my takeaway is that uh remember that this is an art and I talk about it all the time but yeah want to yes. take I'm like this is a performing art and anything that you do on that stage is your art and and don't make sure that you make it good be free and open to taking direction but yeah. don't be afraid to do whatever you feel you want to do on that stage. Uh, I feel like there's really no kind of mistake in your doing. Yeah. If you think it's a mistake, it's just like someone's way of doing it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a mistake. Completely. Sweet. Um, plugs. So things that you want to advertise, uh, do you have any, uh, well, your signature uh, string, kitty string, what's that called? Yeah, it's called Polo Kitty String, Polo okay. Signature Kitty String, and I also have a signature yo-yo from Duncan Cumming. I'm not going to say what the name is, Okay. but we've finished, yeah, we finished the designing phase, we're in the prototype phase, uh -huh. and there's also a video edit coming that was filmed by Coleman Weimer. He's really good at filming and he filmed me when he came to Thailand and he did everything from filming to editing and it was my best video edit ever. You have to see it's coming out on Duncan's channel probably next week or two. You you sent that to me as an exclusive, I think in May. I I mean you know this, but the listeners don't. I I forgot that you sent it to me, and then you showed me a clip <laughs> earlier today, and I hadn't watched it, and I saw like five seconds, 
and it was such a good five seconds and i can't wait to watch it after we're off the phone because there was a trick in there yeah yeah um uh i all i'll say is that it involves your 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 leg almost your knee and that is such yeah. a cool trick i won't i won't ruin the surprise for anyone i also did an off-string trick though you'll have to see oh man okay yeah no this isn't hype this is a really good video um and it's probably out by the time this it's probably been out yeah. for a month by the time this episode gets posted but anyway really good video um sweet and the last thing is uh oh well it's usually the endless chain where i ask you for um for a guest to to recommend to come on but i'm gonna have you get me in touch with hank hank freeman how's that sound <laughs> you want me to call Hank right, like right now? Oh no, 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 no! Just, just <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you could want to try. Oh wait, I think I, I can try. Hold up. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, I'm not sure if he's gonna pick up because it's, it's like unlikely that he will, and if he does, it'll probably be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take my AirPods off so that hear you. Okay, I'm calling him online. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's picking up. <laughs> not likely. Uh, it's, it's not picking up. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I will get in touch with them. Well, I'm sure you can put me in touch with them. So that's all good. And I, oh man, he's an amazing three A player. So I can't wait to I just know your in general. He's an amazing person. Um, yeah. So that'll be sick. Cool. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on, Polo. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for interviewing me and doing this thing. <laughs> sure. I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, cool. See you around. Yeah, thank you so much, dude. <laughs>